And before we get started, we're going to have Elderly Carol say a word of prayer for us. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you once again for a beautiful Sabbath day. We thank you for watching over each of us, for giving us a desire to learn more of you, dear Lord, and to dig a little deeper in the storehouse. We ask and pray that your Holy Spirit will guide and direct us and lead us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, give me just a minute because I'm going to share my, um, I'm going to share this on my pages. So give me just a second, everybody. And if you want to share it. Okay. All right. Um, if you have the book, you can um, read out the book, or if you have the app, uh, or you, or you um, would like to know how to get the app, it's the Ellen White uh, app, and you can get it in both um, Android or uh, or iOS. Um, so uh, we're in chapter sixty-eight called the future, and uh, she's dealing with. Um, God's deliverance of his people. And in the first paragraph um, of this chapter, um, she talks about how at the transfiguration, Jesus was transfigured by, by his father. And we heard God, and he heard God say, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. And it says, uh, thus before his betrayal and crucifixion, he was strengthened for his last dreadful sufferings. And she says, as the members of the body of Christ approach the period of their last conflict, which is the time of Jacob's trouble, we will grow up into Christ and we will partake largely of his spirit. And she says, as the third angel's message swells to a loud cry and as great power and glory attend the closing work, the people of God will partake in that glory. And it is the latter reign. And we've been studying that um, in the book with Elder Carroll. We've been studying about the latter reign. Um, that it is the latter rain which revives and strengthens them to pass through the time of trouble. Lee, you want to just uh, put a plug in here about what the latter rain is all about since, since we did study about that in your class. Okay, well, <clears throat> one thing to kind of add it to what we read, what you just read about before Jesus' betrayal and crucifixion, he was strengthened first at the transfiguration by his father acknowledging him and then in Gethsemane by the angel coming to comfort him because what he was going to go through was going to be very tough and he needed extra strength. So with us, the latter rain is the extra strength that the Holy Spirit gives us at the last time, right before the time of trouble starts to give us strength and courage uh, to pass through that time and still be faithful to God. Right. And just to just to throw back to your class, do you remember, Lee, what the prerequisites were to receive the latter rain? Uh, well, first of all, you had to receive the former rain. <laughs> and then also to acknowledge God as your Lord and Savior and to pray for the latter rain also. Mm -hmm. And I also remember from that study that you had to be purified from sin in order to receive the latter rain, which is the strengthening to go through the time of trouble. Because quite honestly, if you're not purified from sin, what do you need to be strengthened for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, okay. And um, it, she says in the last sentence of the first paragraph, she says, their faces will shine with the glory of that light which attends the third angel. And so this is the time uh, the third angel is saying, come out of her or, or partake of her sins, which is come out of Babylon or partake of her sins. And so um, we're called out. And at that point, um, we are going to be entering into the time of trouble. And she talks about in the next paragraph how God will in a wonderful way preserve his people through this time of trouble. And she talks about just as, you know, uh, when Jesus, during, during the Passion Week, when Jesus was pouring out his soul in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, before his crucifixion, she says that the decree will go forth that the faithful of God will have to disregard the Sabbath of the fourth commandment and honor the first day of the week or lose our lives. But she says what? 
Anybody? What did she say there? Oh. They will not yield and trample right. under the Sabbath. Right. And honor the institution of the papacy. That's right. We will not yield and trample the Sabbath under our feet. And it says that Satan's host and wicked men will surround us and exult over us because there will seem to be no way of escape. But what happens after that? Well, I was going to add on that um, first part about the mm -hmm. decree going forth, you know, because mm -hmm. we had discussed last, last week, I think it was, about whether you can keep the seventh day or the first day of the week. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. as was mentioned, there will come a time where you're going to be forced to choose. There won't be any, I can do both. You mm -hmm. know, you're going to have to pick one. And mm -hmm. so there, you can't sit, sit on the fence at that time at all. Now, let me ask an interesting question because we're going through this pandemic and we're sheltering <laughs> at home. Nobody knows when you worship or how you worship. Can't you just stay in your house and worship? I mean, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just saying that nobody, I mean, I mean, for us, we're, we're broadcasting all over the place, but for, for most people, you know, if, if you didn't have access to the internet anymore or whatever, and you just worshiped in your home, who would know? How would they know what day you worshiped on? Well, even now we know that, as they say, big brother's always watching. Uh, when you think about how much power the government has, how much power the uh, computer experts have, all these cameras everywhere you go, they know what's going on. And if not that, your neighbors will be telling on you. I mean, they'll put out rewards for you if you, just like they did if you, in the past days, if you tell us where there was a, uh, a papist or a Protestant, then they would have reward for you. So they'll be doing things like that. And also they might just be knocking on people's doors. You know, like the Egyptians, when they had to put the blood over the doorpost, they come by and say, hey, you got blood on your doorpost, you got to get out of here or whatever. So there's all kind of ways to keep tabs on people, private detectives, everything. It'll be kind of easy, really. That's interesting. And that's funny because you said uh, your neighbors would tell on you. So what would your neighbors be able to tell about you? Would they be able to tell you, tell people what day you went to church on from watching you in the past? <laughs> <laughs> or would they say, well, I don't know, because I don't, I, you know. I, right, I've never seen them go to church. <laughs> Yeah, but all the people that you are witnessing to now, those people know what you believe and what you stand right. for. Right. So, you know, and I, I believe that if you're not really, if we're not really witnessing or, or our lives aren't or indicating what we believe, then, um, you know, we ain't going to have no problems because we're not going nowhere. We, I mean, right. Gonna, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And, so if, and you're, you if your this. neighbors can't tell on you, then nobody can really for real. Mm -hmm. Because if they like haven't that. seen a consistent pattern of you getting dressed, getting in your car and your church clothes on Saturday, then, hey. Or like they used to ask that question, if you were on trial for being a Christian, will there be enough evidence to convict you? Right, so. right. Well. <laughs> also, Ken, as we're looking at in this pandemic, and um, there are ideas floating around, there's all kinds of stuff floating around, of course, but one of the things that's floating around is that if you don't take that vaccination, uh, then you won't be allowed to do this and do that or whatever. So, and they're talking, um, there's talk that there'll be a chip placed in you so that, you know, you can't, if you don't have that chip, you're not going to be allowed to participate in anything. So there is, um, you know, people are talking about stuff. I don't know how much of that is true or whatever, but that's just kind of something floating around. And that's another way. Will we, you know, will we inadvertently, and, and what we think is saving our lives, take a chip, you know, because we need to, we want to have this, um, this vaccination so that we will be safe from the coronavirus. So will we take that chip and then possibly later it be used against us? Right, right, right. And then one of the worst things that you hate to acknowledge is that there will be church members telling on you. You know, right. uh, so-called church members or church members who were shaken out and fell back, they're going to be telling, yeah, they over there on this street or, yeah, the right. hideout is down here by right. these woods, you know. So you have to right. be very careful 
But as you had read, Karen, the Lord is going to protect us. Right. So even though that stuff's going to happen, so the Lord's protecting us. Right. And then, and when you said that about church members, dare I say, will they, will some of us have family members that will tell on us? Mm-hmm. You know? But absolutely, God is good like that. And he's going to protect those who have kept the faith and kept his commandments. And one thing's for sure, it does say that if you don't have the mark of the beast, you're not buying or selling. So there's going to be a way to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, just for those who may be listening or listening for the first time, is that a literal mark, that mark of the beast? Uh, no, 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 that's not a literal mark, the mark of the beast. The mark of the, mark of the beast is um, the worship, is our worshiping whom we choose to worship. Are we choosing to follow the law of God or are we choosing to follow some other law? Right, right. And so, you know, the Bible says that by their fruits shall you know them. And so we think about the three Hebrew boys on the plains of Dura and who did they worship? You know, did they bow to the golden statue of, of that Nebuchadnezzar had set up or did they stand firm? You yeah, know? they stood firm. Now, last week we did read that the mark of the beast at the appointed time will be Sunday worship, mm-hmm. acknowledging Sunday as God's Sabbath as opposed to his mm-hmm. true Sabbath. Of right. Seven days right, but it won't but be a little mark on time. us on our bodies, though, right? No, nothing like that. Not that mm-hmm. people used to think 666 on back of your neck or something. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so we're in the second paragraph now of chapter 68. And, and so, you know, we know that despite the fact that there are going to be evil angels and a confederacy of evil surrounding God's people, that what's going to happen in the midst of all their revelry? Because they're thinking that there's no escape. You know, you think about when the children of Israel uh, were led out of Egypt and they came up against the Red Sea and then they saw Pharaoh's army coming after them. And I'm sure that the army was like, oh, we got them now. We got them now because there's nowhere for them to go. Mm -hmm. But then you're talking about the creator of the universes, the one who who put the, 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 the sea there. You know what I'm saying? And so... There's never anywhere that we can be that God can't deliver us from. Amen. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. And so she I says... Looking the- at the, uh, I was looking at the part where it says, as you just read, there seemed to be no escape. And many times in our, our regular daily life, we, we get in troubles and trial and tribulation and problems pop up. And sometimes to us, it seems to be no way of escape. And... We give up and then God delivers us because God mm-hmm. has a thousand ways to deliver us that we don't even know about. So right. while it looked like no way of escape to us, God already has it covered. Mm-hmm. And uh, this says in the midst of the revelry of the evil ones that um, there's heard a peal of thunder and then the heavens have gathered blackness and are only illuminated by the blazing light and terrible glory from heaven as God utters his voice from his holy habitation. And what happens after that? When After God utters his voice, what happens after that? Because what we're, what we're really talking about now is the coming of the son of man. Mm-hmm. So anybody, what happens after that? What happens after that? In the next paragraph says the foundations of the earth shake, buildings totter and fall with a terrible crash. The sea boils like a pot and the whole earth is in terrible commotion. Mm-hmm. And then the righteous, their captivity is turned and they say to each other with sweet, solemn voices, we are delivered. They're whispering it to each other. Can you see that? We are delivered. And they say, um, it is the voice of God. And what she says here is that the, the, the saved understand what God is saying, but the wicked don't understand him. They just hear noise. They can't understand the words. But then you know what? That's probably because they never understood the words. 
They haven't you know, learned to listen to God's voice. They haven't learned to listen. They have not learned to listen. But I got to admit, so the other day, you know, we've been getting all these storms. And man, it was some loud thunder. And I was like, wow, I hope that wasn't the Lord talking and I didn't hear him. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that was some really loud thunder. Yeah, wow. How about that? <laughs> you said, God, was that you? What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it says that um that the wicked don't hear but they don't hear the voice they don't they hear the thunder and the loudest like you just said lee but they don't hear what god is saying and it says that they fear and tremble while the saints do what rejoice we rejoice hallelujah and you know what? That's going to be a wonderful thing, a wonderful deliverance to see our God, to know that our God is talking and we understand him and he's there to deliver us from the evil that is all around us. Oh my goodness, that's going to be a wonderful thing. And then it says, she says that um, Satan and his angels and wicked men who have been exulting that the people of God were in their power. Now, here's what's interesting. You know, Satan knows the Bible. He knows it better than we do. He knows what his end will be. He knows all the signs in the heavens. He can even he can even see the unseen things that we cannot see, the spiritual things that we cannot see. And yet, it's, it's almost like he's going to be su as surprised as the wicked that God delivers us. And it says, Satan and his angels and wicked men who have been exalting that the people of God were in their power, that they might destroy them from off the earth, witness the glory conferred upon those who have honored the holy law of God. Why would Satan be surprised? Why would he think that knowing the prophecies, knowing the scriptures, and knowing that he did not get the victory over Jesus on the cross, why would he think that God's that God would abandon his people? You know what? Um, there's a verse in the Bible that says that God gave them up um, to a reprobate mind. And then you think about Pharaoh, where God says that um, uh, God hardened his heart. I believe that, you know, to some extent, he gets blinded. I mean, even from the very beginning, there was some type of delusion going that he could overthrow God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost that he could overthrow him and two-thirds of the angel and take over heaven. So there's mm -hmm. a, um, a, a, almost, I would like to say, an insanity thing going on that, you know, he has, a, of course, a view of himself that's grandiose. And so he, it won't allow him, you know, just like, you know, I hate to bring it in, 45. You know, reality mm -hmm. won't allow, he won't allow himself to see the reality of the situation that's going on around him. So Satan, so what I'm hearing you say is, even though Satan knows the prophecies, he knows the Bible better than we do. He is not willing to admit defeat at that point. No, right? Not, you know that even afterwards, which is getting way ahead, but even after, you know, Jesus come, we go up for the millennium of thousand years and then come back. He's still, he's still got this belief that I'm going to take over this and I'm going to run this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm saying this, and I don't mean to say, uh, you know, offend nobody out there, but listen, if we can't draw the parallels between Satan and this leader we have going on right now, it is mm. just any actually. I mean, it's like, just think about it Earth was created beautiful, and then Satan decided he's going to run it. You know, we were at a good spot in the United States, and then 45 stepped in. Look at the devastation of earth under the rule, rulership of, of Satan. And look at the devastation of the United States under the rulership of 45. I mean, if we're not watching this and seeing this and recognizing that the forces of evil, when we use evil things like um, lying to get what we want, manipulating to get what we want, punishing and, and uh, intimidation and stuff, it leads to ruin. It does not lead to, but God's way of love and kindness, of sharing and giving. So let me ask, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm finished. Oh, okay. So let me ask. Now, I was going to say on that part, uh, it didn't say that they would be surprised necessarily, 
but that they would be witnessing God conferring his glory on the saints. But one of the things, too, you got to remember, the devil knows he's doomed. He's trying to get other people to go with him. So he's trying to trick as many people as he can because uh, he won't have to burn for their sins if they uh, don't accept Christ as their savior. But what's so interesting about what's interesting about this though lee is that at this point everybody's fate is already decided so he's not Mm going to convince anybody else to go to hell with him that hasn't already been you know judged you understand but you know what karen you know what karen people don't know that they've already been judged they are aware of their their um no they're not satan knows satan knows he will know and he knows that 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 he knows who are his. He he will know who are his, and he will know. And and they will be after the ones who are God's. So Satan knows there is a distinction, and there will be a difference at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus when Jesus cracks the sky, Satan knows who belongs to him. Mm-hmm. Satan so, trying to be the trying to be the master of the hail mary pass. Everything mm-hmm. looks like it's over with, and the game's over, and we lost. But he's hoping for one last Hail Mary to happen. Mm. So it's Excuse not me, over guys. to the fat lady um, saying. Percy, can you hear me? This yes. is Christina. Um, uh-huh. Percy and Paul is trying to get in. Oh, okay. 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 You all keep talking. I'm going to go in the other room real quick. I lost my page. Oh, okay. So she was talking. What were we talking about him? He was the same. will know who is he is and and uh, he knows who's God's because of the behavior and stuff. Because of it, but he's not going to give up. To the, I mean, up to the very last moment, I believe Satan is going to try to get people um, in his camp. Where's you? Where's yours? Yeah, my page got lost. Okay. So, um, so yeah, that was that was my question. That you know, Satan knows who's his at that point, and what is he? What is he doing at this point? you know, um, trying to get the, exalting over the saints. I mean, he knows Jesus is coming. He knows what the signs are in the heavens when Jesus returns. He knows all of that stuff. So you said he's not surprised, Lee, but he'll just be trying to still gain his yeah. big, gain his he try and get He try and get that Hail Mary. <laughs> well, even even when, he, when we return, well, when we're coming back, from um, the heavens, um, he's going to try to overthrow New Jerusalem. So I think it's just his demeanor. I think it's his posture. I think it's everything about Satan just wanting to make it miserable and a hard task for God and for his people, his children. And it's just a matter of, also a matter of desperation too. He knows he's beat. He just going to do whatever he can. It's like they say about people in a fight. If you bite somebody, it's sheer desperation. You just try and do whatever to get out of the uh, grip. So that's, that's his true. last desperate try. That's true. That's true. We know that um, in the end, Satan is going to have to burn for all the saints, the sins of the that he caused the saints to commit that are saved. But he won't have to burn for the sins of those people that, that joined his ranks. They'll burn for themselves. And so um, I think, yeah, I think you guys are right. It's just his last attempt to, to which, which will be useless and pointless, but it'll be his last attempt to, um, I guess, try to make sure that he doesn't burn um, for some of the saints. But I mean, everything is already decided. He already knows all of that. And I just, I don't, I don't really know what he would hope to gain when, you know, the holy city is coming down and he wants to overthrow the city. I, there's just nothing there except that one of you mentioned that he's delusional and he will continue to be delusional. That's that's the only thing that I can think. Right. Um, and then, um, yeah, okay. And then she says that um, the wicked will behold the faces of the righteous lighted up and reflecting the image of Jesus. And, and it says those that they were so eager to destroy, the saints cannot endure the glory resting upon the delivered ones. 
and they fall like dead men to the earth and Satan and his evil angels flee from the presence of the saints glorified and their power to anoint us is forever gone, forever gone. Mm -hmm. Somebody tell me about that. What do you think about that? I mean, you know, I will be so glad when sin is done and finished and we are safely with Jesus and by his side forever, you know? Yep, their power to annoy them is gone forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm with you, Karen, it, it seems like, um, but Satan was too far gone to turn back when he was kicked out of heaven. So he wasn't gonna turn back. He had ample opportunity you know, the uh, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit try to, you know, reason with him and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, at this point, they said, well, we're going to just let you alone. You go ahead and do what you're going to do and let's, let, let the chips fall where they may. And as a result, I mean, this is what happens when we follow in this particular pathway. So right. he, he was already sealed. He wasn't going to turn back. And that's why no matter what, it's kind of like that pride thing, you wrong, so wrong, way wrong, but you just can't say I'm wrong. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to allow you to do it. And so what we really see from this chapter is that in the end, there's going to be how many classes of people? Two. Two, one what are they? God and one who's following Satan. Absolutely. And so now is the time for each one of us to make the decision and make the choice of who we're going to follow. You know, I was having a thought this past week and, you know, they always ask the question, is it harder to be saved or harder to be lost? What do you all think? I think it's harder to be lost. You know, unsaved Explain. life is kind of, well, to me, just living in an unsaved, unsaved life is difficult. It's not easy being a, a, an addict or an alcoholic. It's not easy being even a working person who's just basically working but don't have the hope of God within them. And being in this, let's just take this situation here with this pandemic, it's not easy. You don't have anything to fall back on. You know, which, what do you have to um, look forward to? At this point, this pandemic is getting deeper and deeper. More and more people are being affected by it. It's easy to lose hope. It's easy to believe this is it. This is all, mm -hmm. this, I mean, that's a hard way to live. But when you can live with expectancy, and live with the knowledge that it's going to be a better day. There's going to be, even if it's not here on earth, if there is a time that all of this is going to be over and we will not suffer with any of this, that's hope right there. You know, and right. to live in a hopeless situation with no hope makes you hopeless as well. So I heard a really good uh, sermon about that a long time ago. Uh, I think it was Elder Cleveland. He was preaching about, is it harder to be lost? Or saved, and he pointed out it's easy to be saved. You accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then he said, "But to be lost, you have to uh, wear out the wear out the wear out the patience of God. You have to ignore the Holy Spirit so much that you finally grieve Him. You have to uh, run and escape the love and the kindness and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. And you know, it's just a whole lot more you have to do to be lost because." God's not going to let you be lost if there's any hope for you to be saved. And you, uh, you know, he knows beginning from the end. So he's not just going to let you go. You know, he wants you to be saved. He does everything mm -hmm. he can to save us. Everything that he's doing is to save us. So he's not just going to give up on us. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and on top of that, it also goes back to our Sabbath lesson when we were talking about the promises of God. Mm -hmm. He's giving you every avenue to show you this wickedness, to show you the outcome. But then he's also ensured you of the promises that he's going to help you to get through. And so as Lee stated earlier, it's so easy if we just accept. <laughs> Basically, he's going to do all the work in helping us to be able to maneuver through by giving us whatever we need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I heard Beverly say something in Sabbath school class today. She said she bought a book about promises, uh, the promises, every promise of God. And it's amazing how many promises are in there. And if we would just start claiming some of them, we would be much further along than we are. Um, and, you know, I think about the fact that 
you know, they always say, well, you know, living an upright life is a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. But really, it's a choice. It's a choice. You know, and uh, I was thinking this past week about God's character, which which is exemplified in the Ten Commandments. And it really comes down. I mean, I was just thinking about it this way. It really comes down to something very, very simple. If God can't do it, then I can't do it. You know, and so when you look at it like that, well, God cannot get God can't lie. Well, then that means if I want to live forever with God, I can't lie. You know what I'm saying? And you just go through it like that and go through the Ten Commandments like that. So, okay, well, if God can't do that, then I can't do it. It's really simple. It's really a choice. And so, you know, every day, though, we have to ask God, the Lord, for um, the strength to stay in his will every single day and to give him our will every single day. And if we give him our will every single day, he's not going to let us down. We'll let ourselves down when we don't give him our will every single day. But he's not going to let us fall if we give him our will every day. Amen. Any other uh, comments? This was a short lesson today. Any other comments? Yeah, it was kind of short. But if you, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if you read in the uh, Great Controversy, this part, it goes into more detail about what will be happening and it's really amazing to read something like that, you know, prophecies and future predictions that's going to come true and to see it and then to know that, you know, if, if God sees fit that you will be, be right there physically involved in that, you know, some people are going to be put to sleep or allowed to go to sleep. But uh, those who God knows are strong enough to handle it, you know, will see that actually occurring. That, that would just be miraculous. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot more details and stuff in the great controversy. Right. And, you know, every day is a is a faith journey, a faith step, because God is trying to build our faith to the point where where, who, you know, even if we're not alive, but we have have touched other people's lives that are alive. Um, when Jesus comes back, it's a faith walk and he's strengthening our faith. And he wants us to help strengthen someone else's faith along the way also. So that um, we either we will be ready for that time or those we have strengthened will be ready for that time to stand firm. Um, Lee, do you remember what chapter that was in the Great Controversy that kind of talks about it? Uh, no, not right off. It's okay. Right off. Okay. But I all know right. it just paints such a beautiful picture and it's all about the love of God in fact, the uh, one one guy down at Uchi Pines was talking about <clears throat> the con I think it was Conflict of Ages series, and it starts out with the love of God, the first sentence, blah blah blah. Then the last sentence in the controversy is the love of God. So it all starts with love, and it all well, ends with love. everything. Uh -huh. It's all about God's love. Yeah, and and when you think about it. God is love and Jesus thought it not robbery to be evil with God. And so the whole Bible is about Jesus and Jesus is about love. And so it just all just kind of works together, you know? Okay. Um, any other comments? Okay. If there's no other comments, short uh, chapter, but the information in it is really powerful. And you know, there, you could really just talk about this a lot longer, you know, going into depth, into depth about what God has revealed to his saints. And it's all to prepare us, like you were saying, we have to, this is opportunity for us to draw closer to the Lord and trust and dependence. And as we read and study and pray, God will give us the uh, wisdom and the courage and the willpower to stand, even though the majority may forsake us. That's what we and, need to be. Okay. And the, so and the, go ahead. The go ahead. I'm sorry. In the great controversy, it's chapter 40. Chapter 40. Um, okay. Where he's talking about is uh, talking about the, the um, this subject that we are discussing now. So okay. 
Yeah, it's okay. pretty amazing. Okay. And, and I, I think what you said is, is importantly, um, because I think that, you know, as we get nearer to the end of time um, and, and we're in this pandemic, we keep talking about this pandemic, we're in this pandemic, but I think that this pandemic is part of God showing mercy to us because he knows that his saints are not ready yet. But he's showing mercy, but at the same time, he's saying, look, uh, I'm even at the door, you know? You know, and, I can't. And, I'm sorry, keep going. I was just... I Go was ahead, just say, Yeah, I was just going to say uh, with what you were saying about the pandemic, um, this is also an opportunity for him to strengthen us as well uh, to see how he's taken us and cared for us through this uh, circumstance. And yeah, I was just reading back over the, the, the text where it talks about the foundation of the earth and how it shapes and buildings totter and fall with a terrible crash. And, but then it gets to that point where it says, we say we are delivered. It is the voice of God. And so when I'm thinking about that, in the reality of understanding truly just how God's going to save his children, it gives me encouragement to know that, yes, there's a terrible time of trouble coming, but my future is bright in that I know I will live forever. And I like the way that it ends. It says that they cannot torment me. They will have no power to annoy them. It is gone forever. And so I just get excited just thinking about that. And that is so good. And you know, another point, uh, tell me another point about the time of trouble. Will, will, will we die during the time of trouble? Well, Anybody? No, we won't die during the time of trouble. We won't. Yeah. According to what we studied a few weeks back, it says that we will be covered um, uh, and that at that time we will, we will go through it but God will save us. He will pull us up out of it. Right. And our bread and water will be sure during that time. So we have nothing to fear from the confederacy of evil that will be after us at that point. And we know the end result, like you said, Percy, is that we shall be delivered. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. now I have read, uh, you know, I like to read about martyrs, martyrs for Christ who've given their life for him. And I don't think any of the martyrs you know, grew up knowing that they were going to die for Christ, you mm. know, at a young age, they didn't say that's my goal is to die for Christ, but mm. they walked with Jesus all their, as much of their life as they did and had that close contact with him and a connection so that when that came, when that test came to them, they were able to withstand it because of the, uh, use Percy's word, because of the foundation they had built upon Christ so that nothing, Absolutely. they weren't afraid of anything. They weren't scared of anything because they knew God was going to deliver them. Now, it's interesting that I had asked the Lord that if if he gives me the strength, you know, and the willpower and the uh, faith to go through the time of trouble, that would be okay because it would be very miraculous to see what's going to actually happen. But, you know, I'd rather be saved in his kingdom than see that stuff going on. So <laughs> I pray if right. will. But all of us now, again, this is opportunity for us to draw closer to Christ and to connect ourselves with him so that no matter what happens, we know, like it said in this thing, God will deliver us. Mm -hmm. We just got to keep that in mind. Whatever happens, God will deliver us. And, you know, I remember uh, one of those school shootings and one of the girls was asked um, or, well, told, you know, um, deny Christ and she refused to deny Christ and she got shot in the head mm -hmm. and uh, so that came up in uh, Sabbath school one time and um, they said well you know she was willing to die for Christ and would you be willing to die for Christ and I said well you know what if you're not willing to live for Christ you won't be willing to die for him mm -hmm. and so yeah. you know they say that they they say that every day you should live as if it's your last day on earth. And if it was your last day on earth, how would you live it differently? Yeah, I live that way because it might be your last day on earth. Right. Never right. know. 
Yeah, some you just never know. I mean, tomorrow is not guaranteed. The next second is not guaranteed. Even if you are not out driving on the highway or something, you could be anywhere and something fall out the sky, you know, mm -hmm. in your house or something like that. And so you never know, you know, you, of course, we pray for God's protection to surround us. And we are so thankful that that we are all have been protected through this pandemic. Uh, and we are thankful that that Holly and Chris are, are doing better. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, at the same time, we know of and have heard of people that have passed away as a result of this pandemic, you know. And 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 I heard of one, uh, Beverly's cousin was, a, was alive on Tuesday, diagnosed on Tuesday and dead on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we just don't know. And we have to be ready and make our calling and election sure, you know, before we go to bed at night. I heard somebody say, you know, make sure you pray before you go to bed because you may not wake up. You know? You know, one of the things about people dying during the time of trouble, whenever a, a Christian died for the cause of Christ, then that was a... a water to further the gospel message to spread the message farther and to let people know that it's real and that this person's life was an example of christ but at during the time of trouble everybody's calling an election is made sure you're either for christ or against so mm -hmm. people die there's no need for it because there's no more spreading of the message at that point probation is closed and it's a done deal mm -hmm. right right but even right. though we know that even though we know that, and just like Satan knows that his time is short, we are still going to be concerned about living. We're going to be fleeing and running to, you know, get away from these people who are trying to kill us or want to hurt us mm -hmm. anyway. Well, I mean, the Bible says be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. So Ellen White says, don't needlessly place yourself in harm's way, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we are to, you know use our the sense that god gave us you know and um which not go looking for trouble uh what'd you say, say what a lot of people don't do yes right use right the yeah. I gave. right you know go ahead and you know going back a few lessons remember we studied about the holy spirit and that those individuals who will go through the time of trouble will have such a relationship such a connection with the holy spirit that their their whole direction will be ordered by the Holy Spirit, and so when you think of it from that perspective, you know, it's, we were talking about live each day as it's your last. But I think those individuals going through that time of trouble because of their close knitness with the Holy Spirit and God, they're going to be looking as if though it's their next step to heaven, going right into heaven. They're going to be looking so fervently uh, for him to break the clouds and his voice to cry aloud and so man the, the excitement of that is just going to be even through all the trouble that's going on around them they're going to be so focused on that mm -hmm. yeah i think it's going to be so many emotions coming and going joy pain happiness frustration that even though um those people at that time will know that Christ is coming. They're still going to be agonizing over what's going on around them and wondering if all their sins were confessed. So it's a lot of up and down, which anytime you're in any kind of perilous situation, your emotions go all over the place, up, down, all around. But again, you just have to have it in your heart, buried in your heart that Jesus will deliver us. Mm hmm. And, you know, that's interesting that you said that, Lee, because if we have that kind of connection with God that or with Jesus that Percy's talking about, you know, why would we fear? Why would why would why would we not have perfect peace if we keep our mind stayed on him? You ever seen that? Uh, what do they call it? The commercial. Yeah, fo FOMO. <laughs> FOMO, they said, do you suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the saints don't want to miss out on heaven, so they're going to be confessing sins and making sure yeah. that, you know, they've confessed every sin they can think of because nobody wants to miss out. Mm -hmm. and, and it makes me think, Karen, in terms of when you think about all the monitors who have died for Christ, 
you know, oftentimes we've heard the story of many of them died singing while burning at the stake. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't fear, the fear was there, but the reality that they were doing this for the love of God over exceeded all of that. And they were able to, to go to their death. You know, mm-hmm. even when you think about Stephen being stoned, it wasn't that he wasn't afraid. He was being stoned, absolutely. But he knew he was with God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the whole objective that's going to be in those final days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. reading, about, I think it was in our Sabbath school lesson, the mission story or whatever they call it, little part now, uh, where the guy was going to be burned at the stake and his fellow Christians said, hey, give us a sign that it's okay. You know, when you've been burning at the stake, let us know that everything is okay. And that the guy, they started burning him and he was singing. And then he finally stopped singing and everybody thought it was over with. But then all of a sudden he raised his hand up three times, I guess, to give the people a signal that everything's okay, mm. you know, with him mm. and Christ. I thought that was pretty amazing. Mercy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I always thought about um, the kind of faith that we will have to have in the end. You know, Jesus says when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? And he says, you know, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it would be. And that's a really, 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 really tiny amount of faith. But who can, who can say right now to a mountain, be thou removed, and it's cast into the sea, which tells us that, you know, we have some, we have some getting to know, more getting to know Christ to do. I'll put it like that, you know? And um, as we're going through this time, as we mentioned this pandemic, that, you know, this is a time when we can be taking the time to spend more time in the word, you know, because we're not having to drive as many places as we used to have to drive, some of us. And, you know, we're, we're home more. And uh, this is a perfect time to get closer to the Lord and to spend more time in his word. And um, so, you know, those are just some things to think about during this time and during this pandemic. And how are we using our time for Christ during this pandemic, you know, and to get closer to him during this pandemic. You know, I remember I was thinking this morning how I used to read a chapter in the Bible every morning when my kids were home and had to go to school. But I stopped doing that when they left. And I thought, I need to get back to doing that. You know, and uh, I'm sure there's things that you all have thought about that, you know, also that, you know, would help strengthen your faith um, during this time that you all can do or add to your day. Um, And so that's just something to keep in mind during this time, that this is a time when we should be drawing closer to Christ and receiving that former reign so that we will be ready and, and, and I remember uh, 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 something in what we read about the latter rain, and it said that, you know, we all we need to do is have our vessels clean and upright in order to receive the latter rain. And, yeah. and the time to get them clean and upright is now, before the latter rain comes. And then it will just, you know, come on us. One and of the things you mentioned, when you mentioned about this mustard seed, I think about a mustard seed house, like one of the smallest little seeds on the planet, little bitty thing. Mm-hmm. But when the mustard seed starts growing and then it gets cut down, the plants keep coming back bigger and stronger and thicker. Mm-hmm. So that's how our faith has to be when we have faith. And then for some reason our faith gets tested. It has to keep coming back bigger and stronger and thicker so that at that time, uh, when you really need some truth, strong faith you have it because you built it up because you're not going to be able to build up faith in an instant it -hmm. takes time it takes sanctification it takes a walk with christ to build up that type of faith that will allow you to last through the toughest times of our lives Mm -hmm. absolutely uh let's see we have one other person join us who was at the joined harper oh hi patsy Hi, Patsy. Hey. So Hi, we Patsy. are we are um, just ending our discussion on, uh, uh, and if you heard Patsy, um, basically the time when Jesus returns 
And that's what this chapter was, it was about that we, that we read about today. And um, just getting, getting ourselves um, ready during this time period to meet the Lord when he does come and to be among that class of the faithful that um, will be whispering to one another, this is our God we have waited for him and he has come to save us. Won't that be a wonderful time? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Um, all right. And well, unless anybody else had anything else they wanted to add, Lee, what are we studying next week? Uh, next week is going to be chapter 16 and last day events. And that title is the close of probation. So okay. chapter 16, the close of probation. Here's some homework for each person. Uh, come back next week with, uh, after your studies, tell us the date and time the close of probation is going to occur. Hmm. <laughs> so you know, what's interesting, it's, it's really interesting how these, these two books fit together because uh, we're talking about in this class today the time when jesus comes and then you're talking about the close of probation which will precede the time when jesus comes so yeah. um that's very yeah, interesting working. let us know when that's going to be so we can all be ready and wait <laughs> Lakita um, has she wanted to add okay go ahead Lakita. Yeah. no i don't want to add it's something like when we get off oh, okay okay once okay. you get off live then all right stay. okay uh patsy uh would you like to close us out with prayer? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another Sabbath day. Lord, we thank you for giving us a chance to be able to study your word and to let it penetrate our hearts. And, Lord, as we go through the rest of the week, let us think about those that have taken sick and those that just are just in a hopeless world and not knowing you, the unbeliever. Lord, give us strength to be able to witness toward each and every person that we come in contact with. And I want to thank you, Lord, for my daughter today being released from the hospital. And we just give you praise, glory, and honor. Now, Lord, we ask that you will continue to pour out your mercy and your grace on this earth until we meet you in the clouds and we see that you are there and that you are the uh, God that we have been waiting on. And we will be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Patsy. And uh, we're going to uh -huh. end our live session today. Um, if any of you guys want to stay on, you can stay on after this. Um, and uh, we will talk. So give me just a second. Amen. Thank you, Patsy. And, uh, All right. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. I'm going to see you.